Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Today, I will come back to the teaching called Divide Protection again. I have maybe about four more sermons to finish the whole series about Divide Protection. And it's wonderful from the book of Psalm, chapter 91. But before I preach, I would like to make sure that there is no spirit of condemnation in this church at all. Whatever I say here, there is no condemnation. We don't touch anybody. We don't point finger and say, oh, you, you, no, or your family. There is no such spirit in this congregation. And we just teach the truth. We just want you to know the truth so that you will have victory until the end of your life, until the full day of your life, that you will not die too soon. But you're going to have victory all the days of your life. If something happened to me for some reason, you don't touch me either. You don't condemn me. We are not here to condemn one another. We are here to learn the truth. I just want to make sure you know my heart, that I have no agenda of condemning anybody. In the book of Psalm, chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are our protector, our defender, and you can keep us in perfect condition, Lord. You keep us perfectly saved because you are the perfect, complete protector for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We want to listen to your word and understand how to stay in your protection, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, in another version, say that God alone can keep us perfectly safe. Is it God's will that he wants to protect us? Can he protect us? The answer is yes. It is his perfect will to protect us and to keep us perfectly safe. And he can do it as well. The book of Timothy said that in the last day, there will be perilous times or dangerous times. Actually, the world is not a safe place at all. If you say that the world is the perfectly safe place, you have misunderstanding. You may say that I'm going to move from Washington State to Florida, and the Florida State, or one little town there is going to be a safe place for me. I want to tell you, it's not true. Anywhere in the world, there are dangers. You heard the news, you read the news and watch the news in the YouTube about some people get hurt, some people got killed, some people got into car accident, some people die, got robbed, got murdered, and got into trouble. In fact, when the COVID-19 came into America, one of my partners that I know very well, actually my wife, 
also was his patient, and he moved to another state. And the news came to me: he was intubated in the ICU, and eventually he passed away. So even though you moved to another state, there's some virus out there, bacteria out there. There is no perfect place at all except in heaven. As long as you live on this planet Earth, you are going through some dangers and some terrible things. There are crimes, violence, and murder around us. You can read in the news all the time. So we need God's protection all the days of our life. Whether you live in a big city like New York, or you live in a small town like Yakima, or you move to a very rural area that all the land full of Trees. Still, you can face any kinds of dangers in this world. The flu, the virus, the bacteria, everywhere, and people can die by having the flu in their body. So, how can we live a long life? How can we go through life victoriously? Definitely, we need God's protection on this planet Earth because we are in the midst of danger. I am convinced that I need God's protection. I'm convinced that I need to do everything on my responsibility to receive the protection from God. My brothers and sisters, it's not up to God whether we are protected or not. In the Christian walk, in the faith walk, we have two parts: our man's side responsibility and God's part. Responsibility. If we do our parts, God will fulfill His part of His promise. That's why the Book of Psalm, chapter 91, we need to learn what we need to do. What is our responsibility in receiving God's protection, and what God can do to protect us? I love Psalm 91. So we should learn this lesson as soon as possible before we get into big trouble. We should learn Psalm 91 and understand how we can receive God's protection. We need to know our responsibility. Let's look at Psalm 91, verse one again. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. If you keep hearing and hearing, you get it. Actually, when I read this sermon, this time I read about three times. I get more every time I read it. God spoke to me. God gave me more revelation to understand how to walk with God. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, dwells and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the first principle in order to receive God's protection is to dwell in the secret place. Secret place is a place where people don't find you. The devil cannot find you. Under the shadow, the devil cannot see you because you are under his shadow. How we can stay or dwell or abide in the secret place or under the shadow of the almighty God, our protector? According to the Bible, I learned that. Number one, we need to love the presence of God. We want to be filled with the glory of the Lord on a regular basis. That's why a while ago we sang songs about glory is here. We want your glory to fill our life. We want the presence of God to fill us. 
so that we walk around with the glory. Every Sunday you came to church, you feel with the glory. Not only that, number two, according to the Bible, we stay in the secret place by committing our life to a good local church. Apostle Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, to the pastor in the Corinth church that that guy committed adultery. He committed sexual immorality. We warned him so many times, therefore ask him to leave the church because outside the church, he's going to be attacked by the devil and he's going to repent and come back. So outside the church, you are alone. You are not protected. It's so important that believers need to be committed to a good local church that the pastor believe in holiness, believe in the glory, and the church will not play around with sin but have the good gatekeepers that the devil cannot come into the church. We need God's protection under the shadow, in the shelter of God. That's number one. Stay in the shadow. We need to keep ourselves in the presence of God. We need to love the presence of God, and we should commit our life to a good local church. Not only that, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10, not only to stay in the presence of God, but we need to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Zoso. Saved or salvation includes God's protection. Includes everything. Prosperity, provision, healing, deliverance. We will be saved when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is why in verse 2, King David show us a good example. Verse 2, he say, I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Is it possible that a person say or believe that, yeah, there is God, believe that Jesus is God, he went to the cross, he died for them, he was raised from the dead, and he just believed in his heart, but he's not going to heaven. It's possible. You know why? Even Satan and demons believe that Jesus is God. But if you read the Bible carefully, when Jesus encountered demons, demons never say, my Lord. They only say, you are the son of God. They never say, you are my Lord. Because Satan and demons never believe and confess that Jesus is their Lord. So if you want to receive anything from God, you need to believe in your heart. He is my healer. He is my provider. He is my protector. He is my defender. He is my promise keeper. And not only believe, whatever you believe and you confess, he will become that person you confess about. I always confess every day, God, you are my provider. God, you are my healer. I will not get sick. God, you are my lead. You are my guide. 
You are my protector. So we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. So the second thing we need to do, our responsibility is faith and confession. Faith and confession are applied to everything in our life. Whether salvation, for example, you say, God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Lord Jesus, you are my savior. You died for my sin. I accept you into my life. Then you are saved from sin and bondage and from hell. Because you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart. If you want God to heal your body, what do you need to do? You say, God, you are my healer. I believe you are my physician. And I believe and confess you can heal me. You don't pray this way. Uh, maybe it's God's will to heal me. Maybe not for you, but for me. Maybe, I'm not sure yet, but maybe it's his will to heal you and me. Well, it's up to him. If he's in a good mood today, he heals me. But if he's in a bad mood, he may not heal me. Is that the right prayer? Is that the right kind of faith? No, that is the Pray that give all responsibility to God, that God is up to you. You take responsibility whether you heal me or not. If I don't get healed, it's your fault, not my fault. You need to take responsibility too. I believe God is my healer. And you heal me. I believe. Everyone say out loud, Lord, you are my Lord. You are my healer. You are my Savior. My provider and my healer, my protector. You heal all of my diseases and you forgive all my iniquities. This same principle, faith and confession also used in the area of God's protection. Do you believe that if somebody put a gun on your head and you confess God, protect me, the bullet may not come out from the gun? Even though the guy pulled the trigger, the bullet will not come out. Can he do that? If somebody put poison in your drink and you don't know and you drink it, do you believe that God can neutralize that poison in your drink, in your water? Can he? Yes, he can. That's what happened to people in the New Testament. He can do anything. He can protect you. He can save your life, keep you. But you need to believe and confess with your mouth. Therefore, in the faith walk, we try to avoid the word if. If he will do this for me. The word if means I don't have faith. It's all up to God. It may happen or it may not happen. All up to him. No, up to us too. What we need to do, we believe in our heart. Faith and we confess with our mouth. Faith and confession are applied to every area of our faith walk. And we need to understand this spiritual principle. Whenever things happen, I heard the story of a group of people who drive a car in another state. The road was full of ice, and suddenly the car kind of slipped and fell off into the side of the road and downhill because it's a mountain. The car can go down the mountain. When the car starts to slide off into the edge of the road to go down the mountain, the 
sister in that car cried out right away, "Jesus, I repent! Help me!" And suddenly, the car stopped and didn't go down. Even in the slippery icy road, the car just stopped. The angels of the Lord come and put the hand on that car, and they did not die. Wow! They told me the story. So it's true. When you confess, whenever you face very terrible situation, something that scare you may kill you, you should confess right away. God, you are my protector. You saved me this time. You shout it out loud. You saved me this time. I shared this story many times that I was performing surgery on a 43 years old lady who fell off a bicycle, and she has fractured skull here, and that fracture cut the artery. Outside the brain, under the skull. So when I opened up, took the clot out, that artery just kept shooting out so fast, like you turn on the faucet. And I did not have any assistance at 2 a.m. in the morning, so only two hands tried to suck the blood and stop the bleeding. And I know within 10 minutes, if I didn't stop it, the lady would die due to losing more than. Maybe 600, 800 cc of blood. You know what I did in front of all the anesthesiologists and nurses and everybody? I say, Jesus, help me! Out loud, everyone shocked. Neurosurgeon say, Jesus, help me! <laughs> Jesus, protect me from lawsuit. Basically, that was what I want to say. I don't want to have a lawsuit <laughs> that my patient died on the table and young lady, 43 years old. You know what happened after I shout like that? The bleeding stopped automatically. I didn't have to do anything. Just stop like that. Can God do anything? God can do anything, but you have to believe and you need to confess. Amen. We must say, "You are my defender." We don't put the word "if" in our prayer because it's a sign of doubt, and we speak it out loud. God, you are my protector. You are my defender. You are my shelter. You are my fortress. You speak it out loud. Religions teach us to be quiet, to be sober, and to beg. Religion teaches us to pray this way: God, could you please help me? Could you please give me a job? Could you please? I hope you're in a good mood today. Could you please? When you beg like that, what it means? It means that what you ask God can happen or may not happen. It's up to Him. It means that the request might not be answered because you're not sure. That's why you say, "Please help me." We are not trained to be a beggar. We are trained to be believers. Believers will not say, "Could you please?" I like what King David say. You notice in Psalm 91, verse 2, King David did not say, "God, could you please protect me?" He say, "I will say of the Lord." Since I understand this principle, I don't pray the begging prayer anymore. Last night I went to a home and I prayed. For the family member of that home at 10 p.m., and I did not pray. God, could you please heal this person? I say, in the name of Jesus, I believe 
Jesus already paid the price. He already got the sickness from this person. He already has healed this person. Therefore, I command this sickness to go. I believe. I declare. He is healed. I speak words of faith. I don't beg God. I don't need to beg God anymore. He already gave to me. Do you have to beg if God already gave to you? He died for you already. He got whipped at the whipping post for you already. Everything has been done. What you need to do? Receive. He has already offered to you. You don't need to beg him anymore. I don't beg God for healing. No, I don't beg God for protection. I just say, I'm protected by the almighty God. I believe it's been done by Jesus 2,000 years ago. So don't be a beggar. Be a believer. Don't try to beg God. Verse 3 to 5, Psalm 91. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the pillarous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day. Number one, stay in the secret place of the Most High by loving the presence of God, filled with the glory of God, and commit yourself to a good local church. Two, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Number three, even though the situation around you look terrible, look impossible, it scares you, and the feeling of fear comes on you, you start to shake, your knee keeps shaking, what you need to do is, I resist fear. I don't yield to this fear. You know why? Because when you fear, you give the legal right to the devil to do what he wants to you. But if you choose faith, not fear, you give the legal right to God to do something for you. Fear and faith are opposite. When you have fear, you don't have faith. In order to receive from God, you need to have faith. I like what King David say. Psalm 27, verses 1 to 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. My brother and sister, from now on, whatever happens, don't yield to fear. Don't live in the fear of man. Don't fear COVID-19 virus. Don't fear anything. Because if you live in fear, you open the door for that things to come into you. What you fear will attack you because you yield to it. That's why Jesus said in the Bible, don't let your heart be troubled. What does it mean? Don't let your heart be troubled. It means that you can have a choice. Whether you choose to fear or you make decision in your heart, no, I will not let fear come into my heart. I have the right to say no to fear. So that is the third way 
to receive God's protection. Even the whole army come around your house, you will not fear. No matter what happened, you will not fear. Even the situation looked terrible, you say, I will not fear. Just like King David said, Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? My heart shall not fear. He said to himself, I will not fear. Everyone say, I will not fear. I resist fear. I don't yield to fear. Psalm 91, 4 to 8. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall look and see the rewards of the wicked. Again, the Bible talks about we don't fear. This part of the Bible talks about death. Somebody come to kill. And we should not be fear of death at all. Don't be afraid to die. After I have known God long enough, I'm not afraid of death anymore. Actually, death is not the end. Death is the beginning of a new chapter of life. Actually, it's better too. That's why Paul say, to live is for Christ and to die is to gain. But for your sake, I'm going continue to continue to live for you. <laughs> At the end, he say, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live for you. I say the same thing. To live is for Christ and to die is to gain. Therefore, I'm not afraid of death. My name is recorded in the book of life of the Lamb. And I know I have a big mansion in heaven. And my mansion is close to Pastor Dar's mansion. And close to the members of New Hope International Church. I don't need the realtor to get a house for me. I don't need to pay the 6% <laughs> for the realtor anymore. I'm going to get a free house up there. And not only that, I will be with the Lord for eternity. I will worship Him, serve Him up there. I will have a new body. I'm going to look like 18, 20 years old all the time for eternity. And I'm going to see Pastor Da at 18 and 20 years old too all the time there. Why I have to be afraid of death? Death will not tremble me because we're going to be in the right place because we believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, don't be afraid of death at all. Be supposed to be free from any fear. Verses 9 to 10 say, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. God promises that no disaster, no violence, no plague, can come near your home or your apartment or your condominium. He's going to protect you from sickness and disease, from bad guys, from robbers, so that you can be saved. But you need to believe that. Verses 11 to 12. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. 
God protect us by sending angels to be around us. He charged angels to keep us, to protect us. I would like to read a story in the Bible, in the book of Second Kings, chapter six, verses eight to eighteen. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, "My camp will be in such and such a place." And the man of God, Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, "Beware that you do not pass this place." How did Elisha know that the king of Syria, the enemy of Israel, put the army? There, in that location, by the Holy Spirit, he received the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So he warned the king of Israel, "Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there." Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him. He was watchful there, and not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled. He was angry by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, "Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel?" Basically, he said, "Who is a spy? Who in my army told the secret of the army of Syria to the king of Israel?" He was mad, and one of the servants said, "None, my lord, O king." But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. He was speaking in the bedroom, but Elisha heard from the Holy Spirit what he was speaking to his servant. Wow! This is a miracle, supernatural revelation. So he said, "Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. Send a special army, special troop." And it was told him, saying, "Surely he is in Dothan." Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to Elisha, "Alas, my master, what shall we do?" He answered, "Do not fear." Everyone say, "Do not fear." Again, resist fear. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who who are with them. Wow. Elisha did not have an army. Elisha was a prophet who was not a king, and he said, "Those who are with us are more than those who are with them." And Elisha prayed and said, "Lord, I pray, open his eyes." He prayed to God, "Open the eyes of his servant, the young man, that he may see." Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrian came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, "Strike these people." I pray with blindness, and he struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. How many people want to be like Elisha? God answer your prayer one hundred percent of the time. Every time you pray, God answer. I like that. I like to be like Elisha. I like to have more faith. I would like to have close relationship with God, 
and the enemy cannot destroy me. This story, we can see that God sent a big army of angels to be the protector of Elisha. And the good news is, those who are with us are more than those who are with the devil. Do you know that? The Bible says one angel can take out 185,000 soldiers in one second. One angel. You may have one more than one angel. I have at least two angels. One angel from heaven and one angel is Pasada. I have two angels at least. So we have at least one angel. And we may have more than one angels. And while you're sleeping at night, you're snoozing at night in your bedroom. The angel is outside your house protecting you. While you're driving the car, an angel can be with you and protect you from the accident. The angel encamp around you. Everyone say, thank God for your angel. I have at least one angel who can save me, keep me, and protect me. Okay, let's continue to read verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent, you shall tremble underfoot. Next sermon, I'm going to talk about this one. Today, I don't have time to go on about tremble underfoot the lions and the crowbar. But next time, I'm going to talk about this one. Lions are rough. The snake, the serpents are rude and very poisonous and can bite you, destroy you, and kill you. This scripture has both the physical implication and spiritual implication. The spiritual part is that the devil is like a roaring iron. In the book of Genesis chapter 3, the devil showed up to Adam and Eve as a serpent. So we're talking about our spiritual enemy, Satan, demons that try to come to kill us and destroy us. But there are real lions. How many people want to stand face to face with lions? Raise your hand up. I don't. How many people want to have a snake in front of you and put the head up toward you? No one. Is that right? You know why you don't want to? You don't want to face lion. You don't want to stand in front of a snake because you know they can bite you. They can kill you. But the Bible says they will be under your foot. What does it mean? It means that you have authority over the enemy. They are under your foot. And you are over them. So we're going to talk about that in the next sermon. That God gives us authority to fight against our enemy who tried to destroy us. Luke chapter 10 verse 19, the Bible says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm not afraid of Satan. I'm not afraid of demon at all. 
because I know I have authority. Demons and Satan are afraid of me. When I show up, they ran to the garbage can. They don't want to be around me because I have authority from God, and you have authority too. Everyone say, "I have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions." So God protect us by number one, send His angel to help us. Number two, He also give us authority to fight against the things that want to destroy us. Not only that, He put us under His wings. The Bible talk about the eagle that has the wings on their little ones. Talk about the mother's hand. That the little chicks come under the wings of the mother hen. This is the way God protects us. What does it mean? You notice the Bible use the word shadow, feather, wings, fortress, shelter, refuge, shadow. All these words are the picture of you are under some structure. The wing or feather or building or canopy, you're under some structure. You're hiding yourself in the structure that the shadow is on you. When you are under the shelter, the sunshine cannot hit you. You are under the shadow. So what happened? God put a canopy of power, the canopy of favor and protection over you, and the enemy cannot come near you. The enemy cannot even see you. The Bible talk about the devil, who is like a roaring lion, who walk around seeking those he can devour. The problem is that he cannot devour the person that he could not see. Not only that, in order to devour that person, he has to go through the mother hen. And go through the eagle in order to kill the little one. So, in order to receive God's protection, what we need to do? We need to be humble, and we need to be wise. What does it mean to be wise and humble? When the mother hen say, "I don't know how American people say the mother hen crying." How you say in? You don't know? I know in Thai. In Thai, the mother hen will say "kata kata kata." I don't know in Chinese or in Indonesian. <laughs> you don't have those words. What Indonesian say when the mother hen cry? "Patok patok patok." Okay. <laughs> Thai people "kata kata kata." How about American? "Quack quack quack." Oh, not not quack. "Quack quack quack." Okay, "quack quack quack." When the mother hen say quack quack quack, katok katok katok, the wise and humble little chicks will run under the wings, and the wings will cover them. And the predator, the dogs or the lions, could not see the little chicks. And if the predator want to kill the little chicks, they have to go through the mother. But on the opposite way. If you are prideful, you are foolish, and you are very independent. I don't care what God say. 
I don't care about going to church. I don't care what the pastor say to me. The pastor try to help me. I don't care. I am smart enough. I can run my own life. I know what to do. I'm so good, so smart. I'm full of pride. I am independent. I don't need to depend on the church, depend on God, anything. I can run my own life. Ha ha ha! You can be a nice dinner of a dog or of a lion. That's how many Christians get into trouble because of being foolish, independent, and prideful. That's why humility is so important. Not only that, not only he put the canopy or the wings or the shadow over you. Another way that he protect you is through warnings. How did God protect Jesus when he was a little boy? He warned Joseph, the father, that the persecution was coming. You need to leave town right away. And Joseph heeded the warning of the Lord. How did God protect the Apostle Paul? God told the Apostle Paul, "Leave this city right now, otherwise you would be killed." And the Apostle Paul left the city right away. So many Christians are so prideful and foolish that they don't want to listen to the warning of the Lord. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter seven, verse seventeen, wow, this is a powerful scripture. Do not be overly wicked. Nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? People die young because number one, I give you reason, spiritual reason. Why people die young? Again, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm teaching you the truth. Okay, don't get mad at me. Maybe your relative die young, and you say, "Pass aloud." You are attacking my relative. No, no, I'm not attacking anybody. I just teach you the truth. There are a few reasons people die young before their proper time. Let me read this first. Psalm 91:14 to 16. Psalm 91:14 to 16. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore it's so important to love God and to love brothers and sisters. If you love God and you love brothers and sisters, therefore I will deliver him. And I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and will deliver him and honor him. Him who is him, the Christian who love God, love brother and sister, love the church, love their pastor, those who love, walk in love, and acknowledge that God is their God. And not only that, I will deliver him and honor him with. Long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Why so many Christians die at young age? After I study the Bible and investigate, I find a reason. Number one, okay, the Bible says in the book of Hosea, chapter four, verse six, my people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. Why has Pastor Lau taught about divine protection here? For many months, I think since year 2019, before the COVID hit the world, I taught in the camp year 2019. Why? Because you need to know the word. If you don't know the word, you can make mistake and you can die. You need to know the word. Number two, the reason people 
got attacked and died in early age instead of at the proper time at the old age. God doesn't want you to live short life. God wants you to live a long life with satisfaction. Pastor Dan and I always kind of tease each other. Pastor Dan say, "Who gonna live longer here? You used to say 120. Now you increase to 140." Um, I say, "You're gonna live longer than me, and we're gonna take care of each other, and we're still strong at 120 years old. We are not gonna be in a wheelchair. We believe that, okay? With satisfaction." In order to live that long, we need to know the word and we need God's protection. Otherwise, we die beforehand. The second reason, number one, lack of knowledge. Don't know the Bible. Don't understand the way to live a long life. The Bible says clearly there are ways that people die soon and there are ways that you can live long life and extend your years on earth. There are ways to do it. The Bible is so clear. Number two, the problem is that a lot of people get into trouble because they receive wrong belief, wrong information in the internet. They listen to conspiracy hypotheses in the YouTube. And they believe in those things, the lie. How can we know that somebody lied to you? A book lied to you? A clip in the YouTube lied to you? Or a preacher lied to you, even though he has four degrees from Bible school. Even though he's so famous and hundred thousand of people listen to him. How do you know? You know, I don't believe people easily, I tell you. I don't care how famous people are. I don't care how nice the book with the hardcover and nice graphic inside. I don't care. This is how I live. Before I believe anybody, I will ask this question. Do you have scriptures to confirm what you say? And not one scripture. Two or three scriptures. Because everything must be established by two or three witnesses. If what you watch in the YouTube has no scripture to prove, don't believe, don't accept it, don't live your life on it, don't count on it and act on it. Because they are lies. And a lot of people die because they listen to deception and lies in the internet. That's why in this church, I don't talk about anything else. I talk the Bible. I want you to know the Bible. I don't want to come up with my own idea about this and that. Amen? We need to be humble. We need to listen to God's warning. And if God warns us, God can warn us three ways. Listen carefully. Okay, this is a little bit more practical point now. One way, the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Don't go there. Don't invest there. Don't get involved with this man. You're going to be in trouble. God warned you by the Holy Spirit. Two, God warned you by showing you in the word what is right, what is wrong. Number three, God warned you through people. How many people believe that there are scientific truths on earth? What happens if I jump out of this stage? I'm going to be on the ground. If I jump out of the building, the law of gravity will kill me. Is that the scientific truth? That's why you need to be humble. When the experts say, put the seatbelt on, put the seatbelt on. The experts say, use dental floss and wash your teeth on a regular basis. Do it. Otherwise, you're going to have root canal problem. When the neurosurgeon say to you, you have back problem, don't lift anything more than 15 pounds. You're going to have another back problem. Is that warning from the doctor? Does he know the truth? He knows the truth. He is expert in medical field. God still use doctors. God still use 
people who expert in scientific field to warn you. God warned me. This is God warned me. He said to me, "You want to live a long life?" I said, "Yes, Lord. I want to be with this church. I will never retire. You're gonna be tired of my face here. I'm gonna be here until 100 years old, 120 years old. You won't be tired of me." Then God warned me. You know what He said to me, "Son, this is the way you should do. You eat a little bit for five minutes, then you stop." After you eat five minutes, you stop and don't finish the whole plate yet. Just stop. And what happened? The nutrient gonna go to your hypothalamus. Hypothalamus is here. Hypothalamus is a part of the brain to tell you that you are full or you're hungry. So when the glucose or the protein go to your hypothalamus, you will feel full already. Then you don't eat a lot, because he said to me, if you eat a lot more than what you need, you're gonna be sick and you're gonna die soon. Therefore, eat really little. Don't eat too much if you want to live a long life. I know I may offend somebody here because you may love to. No, I stop. I eat only two meals a day because I want to live a long life. I don't want to have too much cholesterol in my heart, in my brain, and get a stroke. This is scientific. God used scientific truth to tell me, son. You want to live a long life? Don't eat too much. Stop, and then you will feel full, and you don't eat anymore. And you say, "I'm done." But if you eat right away, it can be too much because you are so hungry with that food right away. But actually, you eat too much more than what your body needs. I hope you don't get mad at me. I say all these things. Warnings. God warns us so that we can live a long life. Amen. He has the way to tell us. Number three. Number one, lack of knowledge. Two, receive wrong knowledge or wrong belief from internet or from books. Three, live wicked life, live sinful life, addiction. If you're under addiction, you spend a lot of money on something you're addicted, or you smoke. Smoking will cause at least 34 diseases. If you drink too much alcohol. It will destroy you, and you're gonna have liver failure, and dementia, and brain shrink when you get older. Then you're gonna be living a short life because you smoke, you drink, you get into addiction. If you live wicked life, cheating, doing wrong things, you open the door for the devil to come in to kill you. So don't live a wicked life. Live a holy life. You will be. Living a long life, so that you can live to the proper time, maybe 100 years old, 120 years old. Our life has seasons, like a the corn tree. The corn at one season look green, but at the right season, when the corn look yellow, you can harvest. The same thing, we have seasons of life. The season that we're gonna die should be. Long life. We should not go to our grave too soon. We need God's protection. We need to listen to the warning of the Lord. Amen. We need to obey when man who is expert in certain area tell you to do something. You obey them. You don't know. You are not doctors. I'm not a car mechanic. I'm not going to argue with a car mechanic. I need to listen to the expert that God used them to warn me about something. Amen. 
and then we're gonna live a long life, and being satisfied, we can be protected. Okay. In conclusion, what we need to do: number one, we should live our life in the presence of God, commit our life to a local church to be under His shelter. Two, we should believe in our heart and confess with our mouths, confess out loud, "God is my protector." Before you drive your car out of your garage, God, you protect me today in Jesus' name. Before I perform surgery, no lawsuit. God protect me. No complication of this surgery. No problem. I will not cut anybody's nerve. I will not cause anybody to be paralyzed. You protect me. I say it before I perform every surgery. Three, do not fear. Four, listen to his warnings. Five, don't live wicked life. Six, you get to know the word. In fact, I want to tell you from my heart. I work so hard producing so many teachings each week outside this building, in the field, in my studio. I do my part to produce good teaching for my brother and sister in the church, so that you will know the truth. And you will not be ignorant of the truth. Now it's up to you whether you're going to listen or not. If you don't listen, it's your problem. But I produce it free. You can listen to the YouTube. So many teachings out there. I done my part. Before I die, I say, God, I finish my course. You told me to produce good biblical teachings for your sheep. I do it. But you need to do your part to listen and learn the truth, so you will not make mistake. Another one, be careful. Don't listen to false teaching, false information in the internet. You can be in trouble. Amen. God will do His part when we do our part. God will put power of canopy over us. God will send angels to help us. God will also keep warning us and telling us what to do. Amen. And God will keep us to a long life. Protect us from any calamity. He will do his part. Next time, we're going to learn about authority. How we can use authority in our divine protection. How many people want to know how to exercise authority? Next time, I'm going to go in detail about authority. Before I close, I would like to ask you. I began to find out that, wow, some people in this church may not be born again. Scary. I began to notice some people who have come to the church for a long time, especially some kids, some young people. They are not born again. I want to make sure you are born again by admitting that you are a sinner. You repent of your sin. You believe that Jesus Christ died for you. He paid a price for you, and he was raised from the dead on the third day. And you say, from today on, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. I'm gonna obey you. I'm gonna walk with you. And I know when I walk with you, you're gonna bless me. You're gonna protect me. You're gonna help me. You're gonna give me success and prosperity, and victory in my life. You already purchased all these good things for me at the cross. I want to encourage you to really be born again, Christian. This is not just the fate of your daddy and your mommy. It's your faith too.
How many people want to be a real born again Christian? Raise your hand up. Real born again. Raise up. Hi, 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 hi. Real born again Christian. Raise your hand up. Hi. You want to be a child of God? Okay. Pray with me right now. Let's confess one more time. Father in heaven, I admit, Lord, I have the sinful nature. Please forgive me. I have made mistakes and sinned against you in the past and in the days to come. Lord, forgive me of my sin. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He died for me. He paid the price of sin for me. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord. He was raised from the dead on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now to be my God. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, I believe I am forgiven. And my name is recorded in the book of life in heaven. From today on, you shall lead me, provide for me, teach me, guide me, Bless me, heal me, help me, use me to do good things. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Congratulations. Congratulations. I want to say one last thing to all of you, especially those who still not sure or doubt. I have lived in this world for a long time, for more than 60 years now. I used to deny God. I used to believe in other false religion. And I, after I gave my life to Jesus and walked with Him for 40 years now, I make a conclusion. Lord Jesus is the answer to my life. He is the answer to my life in everything. Money is not the answer. Your job is not the answer. Your education is not the answer. Jesus is your Savior, your God, your provider, your teacher, your helper. He will protect you. Believe in Jesus. Walk with Jesus, please. Don't play around with sin. Sin will destroy you. Follow Him. Walk with Him. Obey His ways. His ways are the best. I become successful surgeon in America because of this book. Not because I know English more than or I know medical knowledge more than American doctors. But because I follow the Bible.
and I follow God, and God gave me success. I finished that chapter of my life already. I have been retired, but all these thirty years of being a neurosurgeon, I am very, I was very successful. I say this from my own experience. This is not a theory. God is real, and He loves you. He wants the best for you. He has a good plan for your life. He saved my marriage. Before I became a Christian, I almost get to the point that I and Pastor now want to walk away from one another. But He saved our relationship. He blessed my children and my grandchildren. The best to believe and walk with God. That's why. I am here to tell you about God. He is the answer to your life. Amen. Everyone say, God is good. God loves me so much. He is the answer to my life. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us about your protection today, Lord. We're gonna put this into practice, Lord. We will, Lord, obey you. Stay under your shelter. And listen to your warnings, Lord. We will not be prideful, stupid, foolish, and do wicked things, Lord. We're gonna walk with you in obedience and in humility, Lord. And we all here in New Hope gonna live a long life with satisfaction, Lord. We all gonna see each other in the old age in the years to come. No one will die prematurely. No one gonna get into problems and get into bankruptcy. They will be blessed, and they shall be strong and healthy, and have good days until the proper time comes when you call them back to heaven, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and sing one song together. Before we can fellowship and have a snack or something together, today the snack is good. Yeah, God bless you. Let's sing the song uh, "Eagle Swing" together.
house and those who are watching on the live stream and internet Lord and they will live a long life protect them physically financially emotionally their job their family their children Lord the protection of God will be perfect upon their life Lord we thank you father help us to be believers not beggars that we can speak word of faith every day Lord we thank you so much Lord in Jesus name Amen praise the name of the Lord God bless you hallelujah thank you Jesus we trust that this message is ministered to you if you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.